This is Dale Buckter's Financial Clinic. Securities are offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Dale Buckner, Inc. is a registered investment advisory firm. Dale Buckner, Inc. and United Planners are not affiliated. This is Dale Buckner's Financial Clinic. Again, we have one of our favorite guests on the program, Tom Clark. He's with, uh, formerly with the Social Security Administration for you know, 33 years. That's right, yeah. Holy yeah. cow. And then uh, now he's been doing, how long have you been doing this as a consultant? About nine years now. Nine years. I'll tell you what, time flies when you it have does. It does. It really does. So as we kind of visit about this, uh, uh, I have over and over had clients come in and express the concern that Social Security could go bankrupt. And I, I kind of want you to really dive into this and, and help us to understand whether could Social Security go bankrupt? Well, the only way I could ever go bankrupt, not pay benefits is if the U.S. government's violently overthrown. That's the only way it could happen because it's simply not an optional program. People think if Social Security went away, it would just affect the people drawing Social Security. Of course, it'd be devastating for them, but it wouldn't just affect people drawing Social Security. Social Security pays $6 billion a month in benefits in the state of Texas. That's a month and that's a $6 billion. Social Security pays $6 billion a month in the state of Texas. And that money gets spent because if you're 80 years old, you are no longer saving for retirement, right? So that $6 billion gets spent because it's coming next month and the next month. Well, when that money gets spent, that turns into paychecks, right? That benefit, where does that money get spent? It gets spent at restaurants, grocery stores, sure. movie theaters, where clothing stores, shoe stores, and that turns into the paycheck for people. Store. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I before the pandemic, I flew all over the country speaking at seminars, and it's starting to pick up again now. But I started looking around. Uh, that's why I was waiting for my planes. Who was waiting at the gate with, with me for planes? And almost every flight I took, at least half the people getting bored of that plane were obviously people on social security. Well, for more than two thirds of people over 65, social security is more than half their income. So if those social security checks didn't come, those people might not starve their catch those planes, but they wouldn't be flying that plane. So if you work for an airline, you've got to figure at least half your paycheck comes from social security. Uh, just look at the next time you go to a restaurant, a nice restaurant, look around and look how many people are obviously drawn social security. And some people are older than they look, so it's probably more than you think, and think how many fewer would be there not paying those tips, not paying for that restaurant if it wasn't for Social Security. So it's, it's just simply not an optional program. If those checks were to stop, it would be it would be a financial disaster, an avoidable financial disaster that and nobody in Congress that let that happen would ever win another election. So that's simply why I can't. I always kind of want you to dive into the FICA tax that automatically reduces every paycheck it's what is it 12 13 percent i i can't six point it's 7.45 percent for the for for the worker and that that equal amount for the for the uh employer but that's buys two things 6.2 percent we pay fica tax for um social security and 1.45 percent for medicare part a which to me is the biggest bargain in the whole world of anything you've ever bought to pay 1.45% of your salary while you're working and get hospital insurance for the rest of your life from 65 on. Cause I mean, that could be a million dollars in a year that Medicare party might pay. I've seen it. 
So, so to me, that's the biggest bargain ever is, is Medicare spike attacks. But yeah, and, that, and then that money goes to the Social Security and Medicare trust funds. Those trust funds can't be used for, can't be not be used and never be used for anything but Social Security for the Social Security trust fund and Medicare for the other trust fund. They can't be used for anything else. And there's almost three trillion extra in the Social Security trust fund. When we baby boomers were just starting out in the workforce, Congress planned ahead for us. We paid a little extra FICA tax while we were working, saved almost $3 trillion in that trust fund to be drawn down by us baby boomers. And if we died as young as they thought we were going to, that would have been plenty. We're living longer than they thought, so they need to make some adjustments. But the program simply cannot go away. And it just, you know, it's, it's just as I said, just think of the, the depression that would exist, those checks didn't go out next month, but also the human cost would be tremendous. Remember, for two-thirds of people over 65, Social Security is more than half their income. This, I tell people when they tell me they're nearing retirement age, they tell me they're going to take their Social Security early because they think Social Security is going to go away. I tell them, if you really think Social Security is going to go away, you cannot downsize because you're gonna need at least an extra bedroom for mom and another one for grandma because they won't be able to live on their own without those social security checks. Once again, Congress is not gonna let that happen. It simply can't. Uh, as I kind of go, go through here, everybody that works, everybody from the youngest person almost to the folks that are in their 70s, 80s, 90s that are still working and earning a wage, are paying into the system. You don't just stop paying into the system That's if right. you hit 62. Yeah, right. Everybody, and, 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 it, it, so everybody would have to become unemployed or the right. money's gonna go into the social security system. That's right. I, I, mean, I, I mean, the worst case scenario, the worst, clear the, worst to me, case, but they, the worst case scenario, that's not gonna happen, but the worst case scenario is if the economy were stayed stagnant like it was last year when the pandemic was raised a while, which already hasn't done that, but Congress stayed stagnant like that forever. And Congress didn't do any, make any changes at all. They'd be in, in, a, in about 10 to 15 years that have to reduce checks 20 to 25%. So people would say, in the worst case scenario, still drawing 75 to 80% of the promised benefits. Worst case scenario. Now that's not gonna happen because once again, politically, there's no way Congress is going to let everybody get a 25% cut in their Social Security checks. Clearly, that's just not possible. But that is the worst case scenario. Well, well so, why don't they? I, I'm not saying to do this. I, I would yeah. prefer to leave it the way it is. Could they raise the full retirement age a little bit more than 67? That is the common full retirement age that is likely to, to be. That uh, doesn't save as much money as you might think because Social Security pays disability benefits. And somebody in their 60s in a calendar year is 63 times more likely to become disabled than they are to die in that year. So just because you raise full retirement age doesn't mean everybody's gonna wait to draw benefits because a lot of people would become disabled and draw those draw Social Security anyway. That doesn't save as much money as you might think. Matter of fact, one study showed that raising it past 68 would save $0. Now, you know, you always have to look at when you, you know, these studies have to look at their assumptions they make to underline those, but still it, it's, it's, if you don't, you don't gain as much as you think. And, that, and that, I don't politically, I mean, financially, I don't think it's all that difficult. There's a lot of proposals out there that would take care of it that, that are really kind of reasonable. It's just politically, it's hard to do because this is by far the favorite government program that's ever existed. 
polls have shown that every year since Social Security started in every age group, Social Security is more popular than defending the nation, actually, than the military. So, yeah, yeah. And so that's why congressmen are, are afraid to change it, because they know we really like it the way it is. That's why they're afraid to make changes. No matter what party you're in, if you right. say whatever, I'm going to make one little tweak to the other party's going to attack you and say you're ripping up Social Security and you're trying to steal from my grandma and grandpa. That's right. That's exactly why all major Social Security changes have always been bipartisan, because that way they can't attack each other <laughs> if it's not real popular, right? And, and so and so that's and, and it will be and, and I have no doubt Congress will will take care of it because remember the Social Security trust funds have a three trillion dollar surplus right now. Who's responsible for that? Congress, They're the ones who passed the laws that got that three trillion dollar sure. surplus in place. So it's just that you know democracy is by far the, the the best form of government, but it's not always the most efficient form. And within democracy, sometimes they have to wait till the crisis is pretty close by before action's taken. And, you know, if they'd, if they'd have done something 20 years ago, it would have been a lot easier. But once again, who's going to step out and, and say something unpopular about this program 20 years ago? So. Well, the, the other complaint that I hear over and over again, it's uh, another fear tactic is, well, Congress has stolen all the money out of the trust fund. Yeah, not true. Not <laughs> one penny. There not is one penny. Trust fund. It's a complete... Well, if, if, if somebody offered me three trillion dollars worth of U.S. Treasury bonds, and these are good bonds because they're huge bonds, one bought a long time ago, interest rates are higher. They're getting about five percent interest on those bonds right now, which is the FICA tax actually collecting enough to pay all the checks right now? No, that for the first time, right around now. I mean, who knows exactly the day, but somewhere in a few months ago to a few months in the future it'll reach the point where they have to start dipping into that surplus. That the FICA taxes won't be enough to cover the benefits and have to start dipping into that surplus, which is what that surplus is for, of course. Uh, is, that's what it was for. So you're, not, you're not supposed to have that kind of money held out of the economy, except in this situation where there's so many of us baby boomers and not enough workers to replace us behind us. That's what, that's what surplus, that surplus for to be dipped into. And it's going to start, if it hasn't started already, it'll start any day now when they'll start dipping into that. As we kind of um, come to the close of this first segment of the of our radio program podcast, let's kind of discuss a little bit about how you do consultations and a little bit of, uh, we would like to offer a complimentary consultation to ever, all of our listeners. It, and a lot of times, one of our certified financial planners, I'm not the only one at Dale Buckner Inc. You can give us a call and we can answer the simple questions and help you uh, reason through things. But that uh, consultation that you do is is uh, very helpful. 33 years of experience. You've really, uh, nine years of doing consultations. You really are, are quite good at it. Tell us a little bit about how that works. Okay, well, uh... I charge $150 for a consultation. I don't put the clock to it. I put however long it takes. I do them by phone, of course, because I don't live in the Amarillo area. But, uh, you know, I, I, I get the social security statements from both, if, there's, if they're married, both members of the couple, so I can look at any kind of strategies involved, um, do whatever computations I need to do to be ready when I, when I call them and talk to them on the phone. 
and just cover, you know, their, their choices. Like maybe looking at one, taking the benefits early, the other one waiting as long as possible, or both of them waiting and uh, give them those dollar figures, what it would mean. Find out what they really are interested in. Some people are kind of interested in drawing the most benefits in their lifetime of Social Security. Some are more interested in maximizing the last survivor's checks once one of them dies. So we look at, we look at that. And then actually probably more importantly, we look at Medicare because Medicare, it's more important to get Medicare right than Social Security because you can't mess up real bad on Social Security. I mean, it's good to look at strategies, but even if you made all the wrong decisions, your check might not be as big, but you still got a guaranteed check coming in, going up with inflation for the rest of your life. With Medicare, you got to have those parts in place properly. Medicare, let's get to that in our next segment. Okay, all right. I really would love to tackle Medicare a little bit deeper. But if you'd like to have a complimentary consultation with a certified financial planner at Dale Buckner Inc. or, and we'll put you in contact with Tom if you'd really like to visit with him, that number is 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN. Email me at dale at dalebuckner.com and we need to talk. This is Dale Buckner's Financial Clinic visiting with Tom Clark. So good to have you on the program again. Tom is a frequent contributor to our radio show, and also our podcasts. And Tom really was answering the question earlier about whether Social Security Administration could go bankrupt. And hopefully we've put your mind at rest with that. But uh, one of the other areas that we also worry about is about Medicare. And uh, and I'm going to tell you, I love my Medicare. <laughs> People do. Because I've been paying in my whole working career and, uh, you know, with my con- employer contribution and my contribution, it's almost 2.8% or if, if right now, I guess it's around 2.8%. That's a lot of money going into my health insurance that I'm going to have after 65. Yeah. And people, people actually, we don't like to get older in general, but a lot of people love to turn 65 these days because they can go on Medicare and it's a lot better than health insurance quite often that they've had up to age 65. So, so many people look forward to turning 65 these days, particularly people who are self-employed are already retired and having to buy individual policies it can be very expensive. They love to turn 65. And in my opinion, between the two programs, Medicare and Social Security, Medicare is the most important one because Medicare gives us something we simply cannot get anywhere else. And that's healthcare insurance that's placed first once we're 65 and over and retired or self-employed or working for a very small employer. Once Medicare is primary, you know, because basically once we turn 65, we're uninsurable. That's why Medicare exists to insure us when nobody else can, because you can't expect private insurance companies to insure 80 million uninsurable people at a price they can afford because that'd be a recipe for bankruptcy, right? That's just yeah. not possible. That's why Medicare exists to insure us when private insurance companies simply cannot. And so what Medicare actually means is we still have access to health care after age 65. You can't put a dollar figure on that. That's worth more than money. And Medicare's age is still 65. If people get confused. Social Security's full retirement age has gone up, but Medicare's age has not. It is still 65 for everybody. And also, if somebody draws disability... For come back into that same trust fund that uh, I, I'm um, concerned that if we made Medicare for all, it would be an unfunded program. 
Well, I believe it's not fun. It's, it's, it would be funded. I believe what the, and I'm not a politician, but I believe that proposals would have it funded separately from Medicare for people over 65. Okay, so it wouldn't, wouldn't affect the fund as people over 65. It would just be the identical benefits, but a separate funding mechanism, I believe what the proposals are. Yeah, and, and when we kind of come back into, um, if I'm continuing to work over 65, I continue to pay into the Medicare fund, the, the social security fund, it continues right. to be funded. Right, right. And, uh, and, and, you know, Medicare, Medicare is very, very complex. And that's why in, in my consultations, I spend a lot of time on it, to make sure that people understand it. Because there are certain times when, for example, Medicare Part B is the doctors and outpatient term. There are certain times when the right thing to do is for them not, somebody not to take Part B. There are also, most times though, somebody doesn't take Part B, they just made the biggest financial mistake of their life. If Medicare is the primary payer, and they don't take part B and have a serious illness, they're bankrupt. Unless they're a multimillionaire, they will be bankrupt because it's, it's not uncommon at all for Medicare to pay one to $2 million for one person in one year, about half that being doctor bills. And if they don't have their part B in place when Medicare's primary, that'd be their bill to pay. So there are times when somebody shouldn't take part B. There are a lot more times when they absolutely have to have it. And that's, you know, it, it does, it gets very complicated at that time. One reason it's more complicated is because people, a lot more people are working past age 65 than used to. We're just so much healthier at 65 than previous generations. And with pensions having disappeared, some people are forced to work longer. And so it's, it's working past 65 that does complicate the Medicare issue. I'm going to have to close this segment off and it, I'm going to say, it, it is vastly more complicated when you get in part C and part D. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to have you back on again. And we're just maybe we ought to just have a podcast just on Medicare. We'll really get into the depth of some of those. Yeah, that would probably C's make sense. D's. If you'd yeah. like to have a consultation with a certified financial planner professional at Dale Buckner Inc., give us a call. Uh, there's a complimentary consultation, no charge, 806-358-7977, 1-800-299-PLAN. If you'd like to visit with Tom Clark about your social security situation or your Medicare decisions, he would set up a complimentary or not a, a consultation. It's $150 charge. Just give us a call here at the at the office. We'll be glad to set that up for you. 806-358-7977-1800-299-PLAN.